son of Porthos. Margaret Dunn's adaptation from the well-known novel by Alexandra Dumas, a George Edwards production. It is midsummer, July 1678, a calm and radiant summer day. The River Loire ambling peacefully along between its tall green banks. The gentle French countryside streaming quietly beneath the warm afternoon sun. Along this peaceful road comes the coach from Nantes. Six fine horses plunging along, tossing their heads. The hot dust rising in clouds about them. For this is the Paris coach. But the day is hot, the dust suffocating. And the road from Nantes climbs steeply uphill and down dale. The occupants of the coach come stumbling out, grumbling, muttering among themselves. And the Paris coach starts off again, creaking and swaying up the hill. Its only remaining occupant, a young lady dozing quietly in the corner. The other passengers trudge wearily beside it, all silent, save one middle-aged merchant who is airing his grievances in no uncertain fashion. Not only does one have to walk up these hills, but one is forced to climb with all the dust of the coach blowing in one's face. I never did like this countryside. <laughs> Why, truly, sir, I thought it most attractive. It depends, young sir, which way one's eyes should roll. If one looks towards the coach, for instance, <laughs> then one sees the beautiful Mamsel sleeping so softly in her corner. And that, I grant you, is a pleasant sight. I do assure you, monsieur, it was the countryside. Ah, you. A pretty girl to drive beside you in the coach, and all this climbing and dust coach for naught. <laughs> Truly, this is one time when I cheerfully change my sex. And then I could ride peacefully in the coach like the young lady there while you strode up the hill on your seven-league boots, your great sword rattling against your legs like a plowshare. You so solidly built you never notice. Oh, me. Well, we are nearly there, sir. Almost to the top of the rise. Oh, praise be for that. But mark my words. Unless I'm mistaken, the top of this rise will but show another not far distance. No, you are wrong, monsieur. The road runs straight and level from here on. See. Oh, I find it difficult to believe. Level as you say, though, I must admit. But, Dusty, see that cloud rising down the distance? What would that be? Another coach? No, not a coach, but horses, unless I'm mistaken. Horses? I don't like it at all. Horses they are, unless my eyes are failing me. Your eyes do not play you false this time, monsieur. A company, I'd say, and coming this way fast. What? Hold there, driver! Do you recognize this lot? Yes, yes, I recognize them. 
Royal Marauders? A strange title, though no doubt a fitting one, for I do not like to think, Master Driver, that you intend playing tricks on us. No, indeed. You'd best be straight with us, for the young gentleman speaking to you could knock you right into the dust of the road with but a light touch of his hand. Oh, heaven forbid, my dear sirs, that I should do anything so impertinent as trifle with you, sirs. It is the truth, I tell you. I never tell a falsehood on me word. The Royal Marauders, that is how that regiment is known in these parts. I assure you it has been out on campaign for many a month. Ah, campaign. You hear that, Comrade? That explains it. Out on campaign, but against whom? So far as I know, the province of Anjou has not risen against the king's authority. However, we'll soon find out, for they're practically upon us. One, two, three, four, five of them. They're just our number, then. The game is even. Good day to you, gentlemen. Well met. A silent bunch of travellers by my note. Gentlemen, I ask you to consider me the most humble, obedient, and devoted of your servants. And we are yours, sir? I hope so, indeed. Allow me to present myself. You see before you all the Chevalier Condor de Corbeau, Colonel in His Majesty's service. Well, there you see. All is well, Colonel. Colonel, my dear sir, is just a manner of speaking. As for my regiment, the company, to be more precise, you see behind me my companion, lockbreaker, pillager, plucker, and pickpurse, a worthy lot. Upon my word, these are strange names. Bodil, for us, I'll be bound. I knew the moment I saw them. Now I'm going to fill my mustaches. I have the recruits, but no equipment. And for this reason, I solicited from the Provost of Sama the honor of escorting honest gentry through this lonely countryside. <sighs> Is that all you wanted? Uh, to escort us safely? To escort you safe to town and defend you, if he be, from all vexations, exactions, or a guilty enterprise. Oh, she's quaking in my knees. Oh, what a relief this is. I knew the very moment I set eyes on this elegant company... And all this, gentlemen, for a miserable remuneration. What's that now? Suppose we do not wish for an escort guard. What then? Alas, if you were foolish enough to decline my generous offer, why, then the outlook would be black for you, indeed. Nobody would be responsible, and there are many rogues in these parts. It's just like... Lockbreaker, pillager, men, look to your muskets while I extract a miserable donation from these trembling travelers. Now, Master Driver, open your book. Let us know with whom we deal. Who's first on your list today? Master Livinier, public notary of Nantes. A hundred pistols from the man of law. Oh, yes. And as a keepsake, that watch I see sticking out of your pocket. Here, here is my hat upon the ground. Regard it, dear friends, as the cashier's box. So in your donation, Master Notary. Not robbing an old man of all he has in the world. Shame on you. And the silver buckles from your shoes, my friend. I have a fancy for them. Pierre Drogoff, study merchant of Kwati. <laughs> Fish is plentiful this year. Fifty pistols and the jewels from your ear. Not my earring. I trust you'll not be foolish enough to compel me to take them myself. My knife hand is clumsy, and it would be a pity if I took your ear with it. 
Thank you. Squire Joel of Loch Maria. Ah, uh-huh. Squire, no less. Which one is he? It is I. By the pride of Lucifer. Here we have a young Chanticleer haughtily set on his spurs. And if the wind takes him to swell the ranks of my company, I'd make an aid to come of him. What say you to that, eh? Do you agree? No. Because I have no wish to die by the hangman's rope. Ha, <laughs> ha! The young fellow has a taste for wit. And I'm fond of a jolly fellow. I give you five minutes to make up your mind. Accept service under my colors, or cut me down hush money as recompense for losing so stout a recruit. Any more on the bill, Master Driver? It's a lady, a road de Tremblay. Oh, some old dowager, I'll be bound. Where is the respected lady? Why are you wanting me? Oh, oh. not such a dowager after all. Here, sir, is the money you were waiting for. I give you half of what I was carrying to Tom, and the other portion does not belong to me. But to two orphans whose cause I go to plead. Noble damsel, gentle feeder. You have no need of money for your beauty will carry all the voice. Sir? Whereby I deduce the orphans no longer need your purse, I do. Nor does your beauty need the added charm of that diamond. Oh, sir, I have already explained. You would not take Your purse and your diamond? You should thank me for being so moderate. Gentlemen riders of the King's Highway would require much more. This ring is of no value. A keepsake only. From some gallant, no doubt. Fear not, my pretty one. You'll have no difficulty in finding another in Paris to make a finer gift than there. How dare you? How dare you speak to me like that? Coward? Is it because no man is here to defend me that you dare? Coward, I say... Oh, the lady has spirit. Ha, 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 ha. I like a lass with fire in her eyes. Be at battle then, my pretty dear. I'll take not only your ring, but a kiss for the price of victory. Hand back! Neither ring nor kiss you'll claim this day. Put me down. Help! Help! Fire on him! Luck breaker, fire! Fire on me if you will. But Colonel Corbuff here will collect your bullets. Help! Put me down! Quiet! Quiet now. You're no more weight than chicken to me. Look, I can hold you at arm's length and shake you like a dog does his bone. See? I hold you out like a shield for me. Do you still want to fire, eh? No, no, no. Don't fire. Put me down. All in good time. Now, friends, if you value your skins and that of your colonel... We offer to you as fast as you can ride. They've gone as fast as this skinny mounts will take them. Now, my captain of cutthroats, show me your blade. Monsieur Joel, I ask you to allow me one request. Any request of yours is law to me. Then let him go. I ask it as a favor. This knave? Why, he insulted you. I can do no less than slay him at your feet. Uh-huh. You may have found it easy to take me by surprise. But in a fair fight, I assure you... I, I... beg you, do not fight. Come, you are noble? I, I come of blood on my father's side. Then please, do not cross swords with this ragged captain. <laughs> Since it is your wish, I cannot but do as you ask. Off with you then, and thank this lady that I let you go. So you grant me mercy, do you, my pair of turtle doves? Mercy! It is the privilege of the aristocracy. 
And since I am not worthy to meet your sword, I need not grasp mercy. Mercy for him and he's going to kill him. Mademoiselle! Mademoiselle! Oh, she has been hurt. He has killed her! 